Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 11th of December 2019. I'm your host, Surreal Joe Quinn, discussing the world of sports and pop culture. As always, we are streaming live on my YouTube channel, Real Deal Podcast, um, Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to put this on Blog Talk Radio before the end of the night, definitely before, before midnight. You can find us Stitcher, iTunes.Apple.com. Uh, fm.com we're all over the place so there's no excuse not to be able to find us like subscribe comment uh we appreciate all the, any type of comments but even if you don't like it you might you might not that's what our podcast if you if you listen if you say you don't like it i at least need to know why you don't like it all right you, you owe me that much you're gonna take the time to say i don't like it then you know explain why you don't anyway um, it is a, another year in the life of Cyril William Gerald Quinn. I'm doing, this is a birthday podcast, and we have not, I haven't done a birthday podcast since 2012, which I, I couldn't believe when I was doing the research and looking up old episodes. I was wondering, when was the last time I did a birthday podcast? And it's been seven years, which, you know, kind of makes sense. A little bit, but I thought it would be before that. But um, I, this is a birthday podcast. I, you know, am fortunate and blessed to be on this earth for another year. When you reach my age, you do not take that for granted, and nor any no one should take that for granted. But when you're in your twenties, you ain't thinking about your mortality. You're in your teens, you're not thinking about your mortality. When you reach thirty, your mid thirties, late forties, forties, you. Probably should be thinking about mortality at this standpoint. I, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm definitely thinking about my mortality. And it's not like I wake up every day saying, you oh, know, this might be my day to die. No, but uh, I, you know, am doing my best to live life with a sense of urgency. Don't have time for nonsense. Don't have, I'm not taking any days off per se from the standpoint of I'm trying to get shit done. I'm leveling up and, um, Again, I'm not pretending like I'm going to be on, on this earth for another 50, 60, 70 years because I just don't know. So that's where I'm at in life. Um, I My perspective on life has never been better. Um, I am internally grateful to be in the position I am to be doing this podcast, to be working in education, to have you know relative considerably good health, even though some things that I, you know, we want to fix some up some things and and that from that standpoint they are not major but had the potential if if I don't um if I don't handle it but uh I have nothing to be nothing to complain about and I refuse to complain I don't believe in complaining I don't believe that solves anything if you have a problem fix the problem ask questions do what you gotta do I don't believe in pity and pity parties and shit like that like just we all, we all, you know, we're all too blessed to be complaining. So, um, I, again, my perspective on life has never been better. And um, you think about, I was thinking about this the other day, leading up to my birthday, and kind of coincided with the passing of, uh, the tragic passing of, of, of Juice World, rest in peace to that young brother, 21 years old. And I was like, when I was 21, I was, you know, celebrating my 20, I remember I celebrated my 21st birthday party in Temple, not Temple Towers, in Park Mall, 
at Temple University, and we had a couple of our friends. We, you know, had a couple of friends who uh, were cooking and watching videos. And I was like, damn, man, that shit was 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago, and I, I, I just could not imagine dying at 21. I just, just couldn't. I couldn't fathom not like being taken out of here at 21 years old. And um, and I'll, I'll talk more about the Juice World situation, but um, certainly rest in peace to that young. But I mean, that, that is 21 years old. Like no one should go should be going at 21 years old. Um, lot to talk about on this uh, podcast in regards to the NFL. It was a busy week in the NFL, and you know, as usual, the Patriots had their say on and off the field, and that's where we're going to begin uh, with the Patriots, who uh, lost to fell to the Kansas City Chiefs, um, uh, 23 to 16. Now, people want to knock Kansas City, the Patriots' offense, and Tom Brady's not this, the offensive line, no running game. I, I walked away from this game thinking that Kansas City is a legit Super Bowl contender. Their defense, listen, their defense does not have to be great, period. Their defense does not have to be great. When you have the best player in the sport, Patrick, which Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is, when you have that offense and that coaching staff, Andy Reid, one of the best coaches, and really, I think Andy Reid is underappreciated. Andy Reid is a great coach. All his teams do is win. In terms of culture building, uh, quarterback coaching, he is one of the best coaches in football, period. And he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. One, he will be in the Hall of Fame one day. Um, that team could win the Super Bowl. And again, I was off Kansas City for about a month. Didn't trust the defense, the run defense. They were losing home games. I'm back on the Kansas City bandwagon as far as thinking that they can get to a Super Bowl, especially in a year where there's no dominant team in the NFL right now. No Baltimore's playing well. Saints are very good. Um, you have uh, San Francisco's very good, but there's no dominant team this year. There's no New England is down a peg, even though they're dangerous. They're still down. They're not. This is not a vintage New England Patriot team. Kansas City is legit. Their defense has been playing well the last the last three or four weeks. Uh, again, their defense does not have to be great for them to win a championship. Their defense is just decent. They can win the Super Bowl. And to me, they, they came out there, contained, held down New England's uh, running game. You take away Tom Brady's 20 yards scrambling. Uh, New England, they held New England with 74 yards rushing. They made the stop at the end. I don't care about the missed calls. Um, from New England standpoint, from a New England standpoint, New England has been getting the benefit, has been the beneficiary of calls for the last 20 years. So it happens. Bad officiating happens sometimes. Uh, referees miss calls. So, oh well, you know, it, it move on from that standpoint. I, I could care less about the missed calls. I've seen more egregious missed calls in an NFL game. But give give Kansas City credit uh, for going into Foxborough, which is the you know, 21 game winning streak. As a matter of fact, Kansas City was, I believe Kansas City was the last team to beat New England. Maybe, no, maybe it was um, 2017 series, 2017 season. Philly, it might have been Philly, actually. It might have been Philly. But Kansas City, I know that that particular season, Kansas City did take them out because that, that was Alex Smith's uh, last season uh, with um, Kansas City. I believe that was it. They had they. I believe they beat them in that opening uh, Thursday night game to kick off the season when they came back on. But anyway, they have won 21 straight games as the toughest place in the world to win a football game. 
and Kansas City did what it had to had to do with as far as taking care of business. Now, in regards to New England off the field, um, you gotta love the Patriots. You gotta love the Patriots, and you gotta hate the hate the Patriots at the same time. The Patriots, you know, <laughs> the Patriots admit to cheating without trying to admit that they actually cheated, which is I, I just find to be. I find it hell. I just I I couldn't stop laughing when I when this story came out and when you're reading quotes and reports and everything everything points to them to to the Patriots to the Patriots cheating everything. There's not there's nothing that that, that didn't point to the Patriots um, the Patriots being innocent by any stretch of the imagination. What's it like? It was it was clear to me. It's clear to anybody who is who has followed. Who has followed New England for any amount of time that uh, that they cheated? But New England will tell you that you know we did it unknowingly. We uh, we didn't knowingly cheat. We didn't knowingly cross the line. Um, that was Belichick's. We didn't knowingly cross the line. So that to me is saying, hey. We cheated, but we didn't mean we didn't do it on purpose. But we did cheat. We didn't do it on purpose. So I, again, New England will never get the benefit of the doubt from my standpoint as far as the as far as these situations goes. We've seen this time after time. They now two things can be true. I, I'm not going to sit up and say that the reason why New England has won all the has won six Super Bowls is because of. Uh, Deflate gate, or because of uh, because of the, because of the cheating, I think the cheating got them one Super Bowl, and that was the Rams uh, Super Bowl, the first Rams Super Bowl in two thousand one. There's no way to win that championship without cheating. It just is no way. So that I think they got, I think they so they would have only five Super Bowls. But um, listen, I'm not. We no one's surprised, or shocked by it. This is what they do. This is. Um, they are the best at it. They're the best at cheating. They're the best ran, run organization. They're the most organized in terms of touching detail. But they are, I mean, they are without question. Uh, they are cheat. I mean, they cheat for fun. They cheat better than anybody. And they have turned it into a science. They've actually turned it into an absolute science in regards to how, in regards to them cheating. It really, it's really remarkable how, how well they, you know, you know how well they cheat, and you know Belichick. Kind of, I'm I'm actually surprised Belichick even took um, took questions. Like Belichick deflects questions better than any uh, coach in the history in the history of sports. I'm actually like I'm actually surprised that Belichick even went as far as he went to uh, to answer some of the questions. To be perfectly honest with you. So listen, this I don't expect any draft picks. Uh, not, uh, anything to get uh, uh, any draft picks, any, anything like that. This won't be like Deflate Gate. This won't be. Um, this won't be that serious. This will be a little slap on the wrist. They may get. May, may, they might get a little fine. That'll be it. I, don't don't expect don't expect much to come out of this because we've seen much worse out in New England. That's the thing. We've seen much worse as far as uh, as far as infractions. So I, I don't expect them, the NFL, again, will slap them on the wrist. Uh, they'll get a fine. 
uh, no draft picks, nothing like that. Uh, what will, will happens for what happens as far as uh, penalties? But uh, again, this is uh, this is something that that has been ongoing, and again, it won't stop. The, the Patriots are going to continue to do what they do. They're going to always continue to push the envelope. They all they all you're going they they're good for one of these every four or five years, at least. They're good for one of these. So this is not going to stop by any stretch of imagination. This will this will not. This will not stop. And um, again, they, you know, some of the comments that you hear from New England in regards to uh, the excuses and in regards to how well their people are trained in terms of, you know, answer this way. If you're, if you're asked a question in terms of cheating, answer this way. I mean, they're trained like uh, they're trained like military. They're trained like military, like the best military in the world. So. Uh, this is not going anywhere anytime soon. They're going to continue uh, to do this, uh, and uh, you know, it is what it is. I more teams are not capable of doing it. More teams are just not capable of doing it to this uh, to this level. Um, so, if your team you're wondering why your team can't cheat, is uh, which team is not cheating? Um, you know, only the way to cheat. Uh, to this level, only New England. The game of the year, 49ers, uh, New Orleans, 48-46, Saints, uh, New Orleans, the 49ers take out New Orleans. This was a def definitive game for the 49ers and for one, Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of people think that he's a weak link to the team. I don't think I don't think he is. I think he has all the potential in the world to be to be a franchise quarterback. He was great. He was great in one of the toughest buildings, in one of the toughest buildings to play at in the, in the entire league. He went tit for tat, toe to toe with Drew Brees, which is not easy in that building. And he really and he had to because listen, the, the Saints were lighting the 49ers defense up. The 49ers had no answer for uh, for the Saints offense. Uh, Brees went up the up the field, up and down the field at will against that defense. And that's a great defense. But sometimes you have to be able to win games where your defense might give up 25, 30 points. They happen to win a game where that defense gave up basically, uh, you know, 46. And that is a game, you know, 49ers can show you. They can win a game 10 to 3. They can win a game 48 to 46. Uh, right now, top to bottom, they're the best team in football. Now, again, they are not heads and shoulders. There's no team that's heads and shoulders above anybody. But you look at the gauntlet that they've gone through in the last three weeks, home to, home to Green Bay, at Baltimore, at, uh, at New Orleans, to go, through that, to go through that gauntlet two and one and easily could have been three and oh. That Baltimore game, they could have easily won that Baltimore game without question. Um, just shows you what type of team they are, and they are a complete football team. I, again, I'm a bigger fan of Jimmy G. Than most people are. I think he has a lot of talent. I think New England would love to have Jimmy Garoppolo right now. With all due respect to Tom Brady, they would love to have him to have him as a as a quarterback of, of the now and quarterback of the future. So I think right now that team is um, that they are the team to beat. I think that they uh, slightly over Baltimore. I would put them. I think if they play Baltimore again in the Super Bowl, I think they would beat Baltimore in a neutral uh, on a neutral uh, field. 
And um, they were that that was the game of the year. That's one of the best games that you'll you'll see. I mean, two high level, two Super Bowl caliber teams going at it, um, score for score, where the defense was absolutely just just helpless. The de- neither defense neither defense had any answers. And then those are two top defenses. The Saints are a very good defense. Saints have a very good defense. San Francisco has a great defense. But I know uh, San Francisco showed me a lot, and I thought San Francisco was a contender anyway. They showed me that they are at the top of the food chain right now in regards to the NFL, uh, regards to NFL contenders. Um, as far as Seattle, the Rams go, the Rams match up, ex- matched up extremely well with Seattle. And I'm not ready to say that the Rams are back in Super Bowl contention, but the Rams, you know, have, have a chance to make the playoffs. The Rams are playing de- are playing well right now, but I'm not going to say they're back, <coughs> back to being the Rams. Um, Seattle can only win a game one way. That's with the running game that is jumping ahead, jumping on top of the team. Seattle is not built to play from behind. They're just not. So if Seattle can go out, so if they can get out, the, if they can get on top of you, ten nothing. They can play close to the, you know, play with a lead, or even the game be close. They can where they can run the ball. They are, you know, they can hang with anybody. But again, sometimes these games get out of control quickly, especially on the road. You're down 10 nothing before you blink it down 14 nothing. They are not built to come back uh, from that. They are not built uh, to, to play that type of game. They not they are not built to play uh, to, to win a shootout. So, you know, Seattle was playing well. Um, I still I still think I still would not want to face Seattle in the playoffs. They have championship pedigree with Wilson, still a great player. Pete Cowell, they still have some butt. You know they have they have limitations. They have a ceiling. A team has a ceiling without question. Um, again, but again, I'm not ready to, to go all in on what the Rams are in terms of the Rams being back. I'm, I'm just not quite there yet. With the, I'm not quite there with the Rams. Um, we'll see. We'll see moving forward. The Rams will have opportunities to, to prove me wrong because the NFC right now is is a gauntlet. So. As far as outside the NFC East, of course, the NFC is a gauntlet with some of those teams at the top. Um, was there, I watched a, watched a Washington football game, watched a football game for the first time in about a month, and I will say for Bill Callahan, through all the embarrassment that has come with that franchise over the past 20 years, Bill Callahan, to his credit, does have Washington playing hard. They are playing hard right now, and they've been competitive the last three weeks. Um, been competitive the last three weeks. Um, now again, I didn't think that they were going to beat Green Bay. I never done that game was not as close as the score indicated. Uh, they scored a late touchdown. Um, I didn't think that I. I so I I'm not going to go too crazy from that standpoint of, of the score, but I will say that they did play. Um, that they are playing hard. Uh, and they are not embarrassing themselves. You know, early on, early in the season, they just flat out were not were not even watchable. They really they were not. They were I couldn't watch them. They were they were unwatchable. The last month, okay, they've been decent. Uh, the last month, I have played well. Have shown you some signs where the team's showing some fight. Um, but to me, this game said more about what Green Bay is not. Green Bay. For a team that's you know ten and three, Green Bay is not impressive at all. Impressive at all. I Green Bay like that. There's no fear factor in playing in Lambeau Field. Uh, they are limited 
offensively, uh, which sounds crazy to say when you have a player the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, but I, I think you can defend them, defend them offensively. We know that their defense is not playing as well as they were um, as well as they were early in the season. The pass rush has slowed down. Um, they, they right, they are. I mean, they are as they are a soft ten and three. Um, I think Minnesota is better. I think the next time they play Minnesota, will beat them, um, and the game will be at Minnesota. And I'm not always sold on Minnesota being a contender. But I do. I I think Minnesota. I would take Minnesota over Green Bay, um, without question. Right now, I, I just don't. I don't like what I see out of Green Bay um, in terms of just they're just not. They just don't. They don't pass the eye test for me. They really they don't at all. So I I, I just don't. I don't trust them. Um, I, I don't. I just don't trust them right now. And they, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, they they're gonna um, now they're gonna make the playoffs, and they have a quarterback who we know is still a top five quarterback. We know on any given day can beat you. We I, we understand that about Aaron Rodgers. So um, from that standpoint, you have to respect them. And you can't just completely you can't uh, dismiss them. Oh, you can't completely dismiss them. But I, I'm not. I'm just not impressed with Green Bay right now. Um, but we'll see in the playoffs. You, listen, you're Green Bay. You get in the playoffs. You take your chances. Um, you'll take your chances with. Uh, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you will um, take your chances with uh, with anybody going up against anybody. So there you go with the NFL for the week. Um, Again, as usual, even in a victory, the Cleveland Browns find a way to completely embarrass themselves. Now, you know, and we saw this coming as far as um, an excuse being made. Now, Bell Beckham hasn't been healthy for the entire season. That's the reason why he only has three touchdowns or two touchdowns. He so that that's we we knew this excuse was going to come eventually. Now you have Baker Mayfield playing doctor and calling out the training staff. Um, again, that uh, Freddie Kitchens, if I were to, if I were ownership and we're running the team, Freddie Kitchens would be gone today. I would not want Freddie Kitchens running, coaching my team whatsoever. He has no control over that franchise, no control over that locker room. They don't respect him. Um, Baker Mayfield pretends like he runs the place. And, you know, Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham. I was, again, I was talking to some people before the season started about Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham, and I told him flat out, this you don't want this guy on you don't want this guy on your team. He is a he is a absolute cancer. You 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 will not win with this guy, with this guy with his current mentality. You just it's not it's just not going to happen because it's all about him. There's no sense of accountability. Now that he's not producing, this the franchise's fault is the is his you know he's he's injured, um, whatever the sports hernia and and, and what have you. So. Uh, you know, I, I we saw this coming a mile away. I told you this back in August, in regards to this team, that this team was that they they would be entertaining, but they were not going to win anything as far as going to the playoffs. And they're not going to the playoffs, but they but they're entertaining week in and week out. Uh, as far as the hot the baseball goes, a number of things that have gone on in baseball over the past couple of days. You have Strasburg returning to Washington, which was no surprise. Seven years, two forty five. And you had the Yankees getting the big fish, Garrett Cole, um, 
who was sec who should have won the side young. I thought he should have beat out. I thought he should have beat out Verlander. But regardless, was um, won twenty two games this year. Won over twenty games, had two point five ERA, and um got nine years, three hundred twenty four million dollars, and opt out after five years, no trade cause. The fourth highest contract in terms of total money of all time. Um, went back and looked at the top ten contracts of all time. And only one of them has won a championship, and that's Alex Rodriguez. After he signed, when he signed in 2007, uh, that that 10-year, he signed a, a deal for uh, for 10 years. I think 300 million dollars. The first one with Texas was 10 years, 252. So I think this one, one with the Yankees, was over 10 years. Well over it was over 300 million dollars. Uh, 200, excuse me, 270 million dollars. Um, I don't think at that time anybody had signed for 300 yet. So this is a hundred million more than Strasburg guy. I didn't think that was, it was gonna be, you know, it was gonna be that much as far as uh, in terms of more money. But he did. It's two now again. He's two years younger than Strasburg. Strasburg. Um, Strasburg is a proven pitch. They both played pitch well and pitch great in the postseason. I mean, Strasburg was undefeated in the postseason. Jericho was four and one, and, and outside the, the game, one loss in the World Series to the Nationals was basically untouchable. I have zero. Again, you you can talk about. I have zero problem with this, even with the years and the amount of money. And I'll tell you why. The Yankees. I told you the Yankees were not going to win a championship without a front line number one starter. Like you're not winning a championship with a bunch of with a bunch of bullpen people in the postseason. You need a you need you need a alpha twenty. That's why the Nationals. The Nationals had two of them. Yankees didn't have any of them. They have they have a bunch of number twos, a couple of number threes. They didn't have that that legit top dog number one. Garrico is that guy. He can pitch in the postseason. Now it he, it remains to be seen where Garrico can pitch in New York, because Alex Rodriguez is one of the greatest baseball players ever, and he it took him it took him three or four years. It took him a couple of years to get acclimated to New York. And now Alvarez, A-Rod loved the spotlight. I don't know what type of guy Garrett Cole is. Um, he's a quiet introvert. I don't, I don't know. He seems to be so seems somewhat to be seems to be to himself a little. Not you know now I'm like uh, where well, he's a monk, but I don't. I'm not. I don't know how he's gonna um, deal with the New York media every single day in his face, asking you know with with questions every day. Every day, even in the off season, like he's going to deal with that, and that's part of performing in New York. Everybody's not built for that. I don't care how it's not, it's not about how much talent you have; it's about your mindset. So I don't know. So it remains to be seen whether or not he's built for New York. But you can't. There's no questioning this deal, and people are going to talk about the, the number of years again, uh, the number of years and what have you. Yankees are not thinking about 2028. Yankees are thinking about 2020, 21, 22. He has a good two to three prime, you would think, prime years left. Yankees are trying to win a championship next year. And I haven't checked the odds yet, but I'm sure that they I, I would I would think that this move makes them the favorites to win next year. So you hurt Houston by uh you, you know, you gain one of the best pitches in baseball, Houston loses one of the best pitches in baseball. And Verland is not getting any younger. So this to me, this was a no Brainer, New York had to get a front line. They had to get a, a Strasburg or uh, um, or a guy like Garrett Cole. So they went out, 
And this is old. This is old school New York Yankees. This is hey, no one's competing with this offer. Once we get him in the room, it's a wrap. Remember, there were reports that came out this weekend that was seven for two eighty, eight for two eighty. This, I mean, this this blows that away by far. I mean, you're talking fifty more. You're talking about you know people were basically off by about forty four million dollars. In some cases, fifty four million dollars. So he becomes the highest paid pitcher in baseball history, one of the highest paid players in the uh, history of, of baseball. And again, I, I think it is absolutely a um, it's absolutely a no brainer. You cannot. There's no debating this whatsoever. In regards to college football, um, the playoffs round win is probably according to plan. LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson. Um, Good game in terms of Baylor. The Baylor Oklahoma game was a very good game. Um, we knew Clemson and we, we knew what LSU. Again, I didn't think LSU was going to destroy Georgia, but we know LSU was heads and shoulders. Once they took out Alabama, that they were heads and shoulders, <coughs> shoulders above any other team in the SEC. Uh, LSU, now again, I have no problem with LSU being number one. I think personally Clemson should be either two or one, but they, uh, but Clemson will get their chance to show what they can do as they will enter the playoffs with 28 straight, 28 straight uh, victories. Uh, Ohio State's playing well, but they're going to have their hands more. Than, they're going to have their hands full in the playoffs. Um, I expect the LSU Clemson um, championship. I think I think three to four teams can win a championship. Like I, I can see, you know, Ohio State is loaded. Ohio State will have the most picks in the draft of any team in college football this year. They're absolutely loaded. With picks, uh, with, with with first with uh, NFL players on their team, um, Oklahoma is kind of like the stepchild. They kind of don't belong, but you know, earned their way. I had no problem with them, and had no problem with them in the playoffs. But they, they're not in the same class as these three other teams. This is not as good. We know the Big Twelve has been awful in the college football playoffs in this short. And this is year year five of the college football playoffs. Um, so. LSU is a slight favorite to win it all, but uh, I, I, I I have a feeling that Clemson is going to repeat. Outside the playoffs, there's really only two, one intriguing matchup in the bowl season that I'm going to be into, minus the Temple, minus Temple, North Carolina, which, you know, have personal reasons, you know, obviously personal and uh, reasons for one having an interest in that game. But the outside of the Auburn-Minnesota game, I have no interest Next to no interest in none of these bowl in none of these bowl games. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like they none of these bowl games do it for me because number one, you're gonna have a a number of first round draft picks who opt out of the bowl. They're gonna have a number of players who will not play. And number two, college football season it just was not a lot of very good teams in college football this year. Just wasn't. It just was not deep at all in terms of the, the amount of quality, quality, uh, quality teams. It just wasn't. So you know, I'll watch a couple of these bowl games. I mean, you know, you'll be on, you know, get some time off, be on break. You know, I'll, I'll watch, you know, and a couple uh, the draft box prospects who do participate. You know, get a chance to see them, especially in terms of the quarterbacks. But uh, I'm not. I mean, it's first of all, it's too many bowls. That's number one. That's uh, that's first. It's too many bowls and. You will see a number of draft picks sit out, and I have, and I cannot blame them. I can't blame them risking injury 
for a meaningless bowl game. Like if you're not playing in a in a college, if you're not playing in a, in a uh, in the college football playoffs, or if you're not playing in a Rose Bowl or a New Year's Day Bowl, really no reason for you to risk your career for you know the the Poinsettia Bowl or the Liberty Bowl. So I um, I'm not looking forward to bowl season outside the college football playoffs. And the college football playoffs will be great. Those are two. Those are two. The four best teams. Are in it minus Alabama. I think Alabama is one of the best teams as well. Georgia kind of fell apart at the end with the offense and some injuries. So I think I I think like I think Georgia was better than the, than the team that they showed against LSU or in that in that SEC championship. They just you know just had a number of injuries and uh, ran to a buzzsaw that is LSU. But uh, I I'm not looking forward to bowl season with uh, with the college football in regards to the NBA right now. Um, you have Milwaukee playing at you know this ridiculous level. Milwaukee is going to win the Eastern Conference regular season. They're going to have the best record. Uh, the Greek Freak is going to win it. It's going to be repeat MVP. Can they do it in the postseason? Will be the question that we'll be waiting for the next you know five months to five six months to to get an answer on. Um, I still think Milwaukee needs another piece. I don't trust Middleton as a second guy. I, if I was Milwaukee, I my number one target would be Bradley Bill. That would be my number one target. Then I would go after uh, Chris Paul. I don't trust Eric. I, I don't trust Eric Bledsoe. I don't. I think you can move. I think you can get Chris Paul. Listen, you're not worried about Chris Paul's contract moving forward. You are worried about trying to keep the Greek freak and trying to show him that you are serious about. Winning a championship because he, if he gets any inkling that that franchise is not, does not, is not, will not go all in to win a championship, he's gone, and he will have, he will have half the league clearing cap space to get him. It won't just be the obvious Golden States and some, some of the teams, though, you know, some of those teams that will put themselves in position, but that will be, you know, that that will be the normal contenders. It will be teams that will, that will come, you know, Toronto's, what have you will be teams that will be coming out of the woodworks to get that guy, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. So you have Milwaukee doing what they do. Uh, the L.A. teams are the best. You know, Basically, listen, you have the two L.A. teams are above everybody. Uh, we know the Clippers. Clippers have, a, have had a couple of losses, but Kawhi doesn't play. I don't know. I don't read too much into what happened on Friday night between the Clippers and Milwaukee because that was a game where John Giannis wanted to send a message, and Kawhi was like, "You got it tonight, man. You got it." We'll, I, I'm, I, we'll see you in June. So I don't. I don't know what how much stock I want to put into a 30 point victory in the beginning of December. I don't. I just don't know. But again. What Milwaukee is doing is all onto the Cooper. Brogdon's with the Pacers. You got no Milton has you know missed some games. Um, they lost Meritage. Like on paper, they they are not they are not as talented as they once as they were last year. It's just not. This is all this is all the Greek freak, and this is why I thought that they that I had them coming out the East. Because I thought that this, I thought that this was this was possible that he would take this jump and become the best player in the league. And right now, he is the best player in the league. Now again, Kawhi in the regular, Kawhi in the postseason, the Greek right now in the regular season. 
He is the best player in the league. Clearly. It's not it's not a debate, it's not a discussion. What that guy is doing right now is is insane. And he's not even making free throws. He's not making free throws. I mean when he when he when he, when he gets that percentage up to say 70%. I am not talking 75, 80, even 70%. You know, he averaging like 35 points a game. So he is um, right now playing on another level. Uh, again, LA teams are still at the top of the heap as far as I'm concerned with the Lakers and Clippers. Uh, the question would be, can they stay healthy? I'm not concerned about NBA ratings. I know that's been a, a topic of conversation. You see the NBA going out his way with these, trying to jazz up the, re <coughs> the regular season with the in-season you know, in tournament and what have you, and even cutting the regular season short. We talked about that in the previous podcast. Here's what I'll say. I've watched more basketball this season than I have in the last five years in terms of, uh, in terms of nightly. There's a, there's a good game on every single night. Every single night. So I'm not concerned about the ratings. You have to remember – in regards to the ratings, what you have to remember is who is missing. No Steph, no Golden State, Kevin Durant's injured. It's football season. Um, there are more ways that people that people are uh, watch television in terms of it. So it's not you can't compare ratings now to ratings five years ago, ten years ago. It's just not fair. Streaming, all these different platforms. You know, I don't watch a lot. I mean, I, I DVR a lot of games, to be honest with you, and catch up with them later on. Like, I'm not, I'm, like, I'm doing this podcast now, or I, normally I probably would be, I would be watching Toronto Clippers right now, but I'm, I'm it's going to be on my DVR. So you have to take, all that has to be taken into account when you talk about ratings. But the quality of basketball, the amount of young talent is undeniable. Night in, even team, even bad teams have players who you want to watch. The Kings. Phoenix is, is not a bad team, but, you know, they haven't made the playoffs in forever. So I wouldn't pay too much attention to the NBA ratings. It's, again, football season. You have a number of guys hurt. The Golden State is a factor. You have LeBron's on the West Coast. You know, Durant out. Um, so there are a number of and again, the big the, the guy who's the best player in the sport he play he plays in Milwaukee. That is not a television hotbed. It's not New York. It's not L.A. It's not Chicago. And that, again, the Knicks suck. The Knicks stink. Suck stink. Both they both they I'm so major markets. Knicks are horrible. Chicago's bad. L.A. is in the, on the West Coast. You have. Um, now, Brooklyn has been okay this year, but mostly people listen. People want to see Kevin Durant, and Kyrie's been missing games, so they've they've even underachieved. Well, they actually been winning games without Kyrie, which is it's funny to me, but you know, Kyrie, that's that's the Kyrie factor. So I, I would not get caught up in, in what NBA ratings are not at this point. I really wouldn't. I, they, again, they there's just too many ways that you can watch and consume basketball and consume just 
entertainment, like sports in general and television in general. There's too many platforms. Of course, we had you had on uh, this weekend the tragic passing of, of Juice World at the age of 21. We talked about it earlier on the on the podcast. Um, I got a chance to watch a couple of interviews. He did one with the Breakfast Club back in April, and I, I think that you know we're gonna look back and say this guy really could have been could have been one of the greats. I mean, his perspective on life, how introspective he was. Um, he spoke beyond his years. He didn't sound like a 21 year old when I was watching the interview. Like this guy. Sounds like somebody who's, you know, in his early 30s, you know, with that in terms of his perspective, and you know, some of the stuff that was coming out of his mouth. I mean, he again, it was it's a great interview. I recommend it if you get a chance to check it out. And again, I you hear the, you hear the reports that are coming out. It's just like it's it's it's, un, it's unbelievable how something like that could happen. It really is. I just, it doesn't even make sense to me. It doesn't. Or and again, I don't want to speculate on what he was dealing with, uh, but we know we know mental health is real. We know drug use, and you know we know the the power of celebrity, the how it consume how it can consume someone, especially at that young of a young of an age. We know all that stuff is real, but uh, it's you're looking at some of these details that have come out. Or some of these reports that have come out, it's just again, this is just it's like it's un it's, it's unbelievable it's, it, that this could happen. It's not I'm not gonna say it's shocking, but it is shocking. Because this wasn't a, like you li- you listen to this interview in April, he was not a guy who and I don't think this was suicide. I don't I don't think this was suicide. So I don't even want to put that energy out there. But uh, he looks like somebody that was just too smart to go out the way he went out. That's right. This guy is articulate. He came off as, again, a very introspective person and a very just very self-aware, which is, you know, doesn't happen at at 21 at at sometimes, a lot of times. So um, I would, you know, I would recommend watching that interview. Um, He was just beginning. I mean, he was just getting started. He hadn't reached, uh, you know, just it was the tip of the iceberg for him. Again, anybody like no one, no one should go at twenty one. No one. So certainly, rest in peace to, that, uh, to him. Um, check out his music if you get a chance to. Um, he's not again. It's not one of these guys that was just coming out here just talking about anything. He's talking about some real lot, real life stuff, and he uh, really, what I thought, had a chance to be around for a long time, to be honest with you. I thought he had a chance. He wasn't going to be one of these guys that was one-hit wonders, one-album wonders. He was going to be around for a minute. He really was. So uh, rest in peace to him. Um, certainly more stuff will come out. That's already More stuff has already come out and um, as, the, as the days and weeks move ahead. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. We are going to do a best of the decade podcast that is coming up um that's coming up very soon we might even split it up into two parts we'll see you know i'll see what see what you know we'll see what happens you have of course power will be back soon enough um january 5th and again i i can't wait because i'm already tired of hearing the theories i'm tired of the theories on who shot goes i just i'm ready for the show to actually to just happen and we see 
college, um, what transpired. Um, so we'll talk about that over the course of, uh, we'll talk about that soon too. I'll give you some, I'll, I'll make some predictions on what I think is, is going to happen. Um, I might even, I might just wait till after episode one, episode 11, but, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm done with the, with the, with, with the, with the conspiracy theories. People are just, uh, people listen, people have, people have not, you know, people want power. Um, they're not used to this. So they want, they, you know, they, people are going to give these conspiracy theories. They want the show to come back. And I, you know, they want some closure as far as the show, as far as it goes. And they're going to get that. You're going to probably get that closure in the last five episodes. So this is a, this is a unusual, you know, for it not to be the finale. And for this, this is, they have never done this, having a mid-season finale, a mid-season break. So we'll see what happens with that. That's going to wrap it up in this latest edition of The Real Deal Podcast. As always, this is Surreal Gerald Quinn. Telling it like it is with no apologies. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.